0: Welcome to the Scaling Freelance Podcast, where successful freelancers, consultants, and solopreneurs tell us exactly how they started working for themselves and started to live a life on their own terms. Each episode features real stories packed with real salary numbers, business tactics, and lifestyle hacks that will inspire you to get serious about the business side of freelancing. So my best month was May 2018. I probably brought in like close to $20,000, $15,000. Usually
1: around ten dollars month. I think I did like $20,000 worth of photography gigs, which was extraordinary.
0: Come hang out with me and other growth-minded freelancers at scalingfreelance.com. I'm your host, Sean Crow, and here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. On today's episode, our guest is Philip Van Nostrand. Phil is a wedding and special event photographer based out of New York and California. His expertise lies in capturing bright cinematic lifestyle imagery for his clients. Phil is actually currently in France right now as he travels abroad at least once a year and has photographed more than 30 countries worldwide. He has been published in the New York Times, Dwell Magazine, Fortune.com, Brides.com, and the Huffington Post, just to name a few. Phil is also writing a book that we'll get into for freelancers. Phil, are you ready to talk about scaling freelance? Yes. Awesome. So give us a sense of where you're at right now. Paint the scene for us. Because you're, you're uh, walking okay. around southern France.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I need to update that profile. Actually, I, I travel abroad probably like five to ten times a year now. Oh um, <laughs> wow! Yeah, but yeah, that, yeah. So the, so far this year, I've been in um, like India. Uh, where else? France. I was in the Faroe Islands earlier, hmm. but right now I'm in the South of France shooting with some friends who are like costume designers slash uh, fashion kind of people, but, but they do slow fashion. They hand make everything themselves. And um, they made some pieces specifically to be photographed in the South of France in the lavender fields of Avignon. And that's where I've been for the past three days
0: is photographing my friends uh, running through lavender fields. It's been that, amazing. That sounds like, that sounds like a good life. hmm Awesome well, let's start off with the basics. So you said your your bio might be a little out of date. So give us a sense of the type of work that you do and um, and what you like doing. Mm-hmm. Um I'm
1: essentially a photographer, but I also own like a, an e-commerce business with a friend and hang out with um, people in the wedding industry and events community in new york and and freelance entrepreneurs. And um, I would say like, 80% of my income comes from photography, and then maybe 15% comes from Airbnb. Like, I, I Airbnb my place when I travel, and uh, the rest comes from like random other things.
0: Yeah. Okay. And is your home base in New York City? Yes. Okay. Awesome. And how long have you been freelancing full time? Uh, I would say 10 years. I just had my 10 year anniversary on March 7th this year. Oh, wow. So, you know, the exact day that you went full-time. Yeah.
1: Well, so, I mean, full-time is uh, questionable. Uh, My very first paid gig taking pictures was March 7th, 2009.
0: Yeah. Take us back all the way back then. Um, What was that first paid gig? How did it come about? And were you actively looking to become a freelancer at that point?
1: Yeah. uh, So, I was actually a middle school math teacher back then. Um, And I wasn't looking to become freelance. I thought I would I was starting a career in, um, in teaching. Uh, so, so what happened was I was taking pictures on the side as like a, it was sort of like a hobby turned career, which is like a very typical uh, photography story. But I, I was posting a lot on Facebook back then and I had a friend whose friends were getting married and she thought I could do a good job taking pictures for their wedding. And so they asked me if I could do it. I told them I, I've never shot a wedding before, but I'd love to try. And they should know that in advance. And, um, and their budget was like $500. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, great, low. It was going to be like a low expectation, but it'll be fun. And, and we had a good time. They enjoyed the photos. Everything went great. And I was super hooked.
0: That's that awesome. Did you, were you like a self-taught photographer? Yeah. Or did you ever have any formal training?
1: No, no, self-taught. I studied philosophy in college, actually. Um, and then uh, just was, it was like a hobby from, from traveling. You know, I put that in my bio that I travel abroad once a year. I travel abroad somewhere new once a year, like a new passport mm. stamp once a year but uh so this year it was the Faroe Islands but um yeah so so it was traveling was like my scratch that that photography hobby itch and then once I got paid five hundred dollars which which isn't a lot for me now, but back then it was like almost a week's worth of my teaching salary um. Wow which says a lot about how little teachers are paid. But, but, uh, but it was yep. you know, but it was like four days of teaching and I was like, oh my God, I earned this in one day. It was like the most money I ever earned in one day. And I felt really excited about that idea and, and the freedom that, that this career could afford me.
0: Yeah, so how long did it take you then from that first gig to leave your teaching career and go full-time into uh, making most of your income by freelancing?
1: I guess it, I, I always say it was like a five-year trajectory. It was uh, years one, two, and three were like more teaching and like a little bit of photography. And I also tutored on the side. I tutored a lot, like six to eight times a week, I think. Um, tutored in math. And then, and then it became like a little less teaching, a little more photography and the same amount of tutoring. And then I like stopped teaching and was almost more photography until after 5 years i moved to new york and then my only income was photography at that point
0: okay so when you were yeah. when you were doing this kind of this middle this middle period where you were doing both you're straddling both your teaching and your photography how did you find those clients was it all word of mouth were you actively like posting on forums or something like how were you actually getting business i was like one of the first people able to get onto facebook because i had a college
1: I had a college web uh what do you call it, email account and that was the only way you could get on Facebook in the early days so I think I would attribute everything to Facebook I was posting all my photos on Facebook I had a lot of friends on there so so my, my main sources of business were all friends and then friends of friends and then friends of friends of friends um but I attribute Facebook and it's in its early you know F- Facebook was not really restrictive in how how many people saw your posts or anything like that. So I just had a lot of popularity, I guess, on Facebook and people sort of seeing what I was doing there. And, and most of my business was all through like mm-hmm. word of mouth, referrals and sort of that Santa Barbara community where I came from.
0: Okay. Can you talk to us a little bit about that period of time right at the end of that transition? Because it's a big step to leave a career uh, behind. So just tell us a little bit about what was going on and what your thought process was.
1: Okay, th- this is good actually. I-, I was very intentional about it. Um, I remember specifically knowing that my, my um, salary as a teacher, as like a first year teacher or second year t- teacher, was um, $3,000 a month. And so, I, what I did was I had a little calendar, like a paper calendar that I had with me. And every single month, I would record how much money I was earning taking pictures and doing tutoring. And as long as I could match that $3,000 mark, Um, I knew that I was okay. And so for like six months straight, I just recorded all my income uh, that was not teaching. It was like tutoring and photography. And if I really needed to, I would take up some like substituting gigs. And as long as I could meet that $3,000 minimum, I felt good. And so what happened was that most months it was like, $3,500. thirty five hundred dollars. Some months it was like four thousand. Uh and after a while I, I realized that I was earning more than three thousand every single month and I didn't have to think about it anymore. But that's it. I, I just really was like I wanted to be intentional about it. I didn't want to just sort of like wing it and see if it would work. Like I, I was truly counting every dollar and knowing that like if if I could survive as just a teacher, I could also survive as you know just a photographer and a tutor. And so and then after knowing like after about six or seven months, I really saw that like I didn't have to worry about it because it was always over three thousand. Um, three thousand was the minimum, but it was like three thirty five hundred four thousand five thousand. And so then I felt like I didn't have to think about it anymore and the money was going to be good.
0: Yeah, that, that makes total sense. It, it might be hard to think about it and think back to it now, but do you remember what the hardest part was for you back then in those first couple of years?
1: I remember one of the hardest things for me, uh, like charging someone one hundred dollars to do a family shoot, because <laughs> I think I was I was charging people fifty bucks at the time to do something, and and it felt like such a huge. But I really wanted to so so like literally doubling my my pricing, is the scariest thing. I I, I had like a group therapy. How I was going to tell hundred dollars to take pictures of her and her daughter, and and like what kind of response she might have. I was so afraid of money back then, I think. And so I think for me, the biggest, the hardest thing was valuing myself and understanding that people will pay more than I would. You know, my my clients were not like me.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, what was the the thought behind doubling your rate? So, why did you one day decide, you know, I'm going to charge a hundred instead of fifty? I think
1: um, I think people encouraged me to. I think that my photo mentors were telling me that fifty dollars was like too little, and I should be charging a hundred. Hmm. And so, for me, and I would I would I would have stayed in that like safe place. Before. Yeah
0: yeah pricing's a, a big one for for a lot of freelancers because I went through it too with software development. I think we were charging like thirty bucks an hour when we started um, and that's that's outrageously low now <laughs> oh yeah um, so speaking about pricing then, how has your pricing changed over the last ten years? I would imagine it's wildly now so your first your first wedding was five hundred dollars what do you what are you doing now for a wedding
1: in august i have booked a wedding mm. It's thirteen thousand five hundred dollars. Wow! So, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> that's that's not even like the upper threshold of what I could charge. I think, but that's like so far my my biggest wedding yet.
0: Okay. So, yeah. And is it just you shooting these weddings, or do you have a team?
1: No, no. But but it's not too much. So so thirteen thousand five hundred will be like a Thursday kind of family smaller ceremony, and then like a Friday welcome party and then a saturday wedding like big wedding so it's Mm -hmm. three days ish i would say like one and a half days if you count all the hours and i have one other person shooting with me on the big day um so i'll still take home probably twelve thousand dollars at the end of this
0: that's amazing that's that's so cool did was there well yeah was there a shift that you made that um that you were able to charge more or was it just your experience your quality of work um. or or was there more of like a value-based pricing rather than hourly?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely stepped away from hourly pricing about three or four years ago. Um, so I don't say like you get this many. I mean, I kind of limit it to hours, but I'm not quoting them an hourly rate. I just say I can do like eight hours on this or like let's choose your best 10 hours on this day and I can do that for $13,000. I'm not figuring out what that is hourly, but um, uh, so... But what shifted for me, honestly, was aligning myself with people who are in that luxury market. And I started going to this um, really amazing um, conference about three years ago called Engage Summits. And it's just luxury wedding and event spenders. So it's like Mm -hmm. the top like the top cake makers in the world and the top florists, um, and so so I was surrounding myself with these sort of gatekeepers into this newer world that I wasn't a part of, and it was then that I, I basically doubled my rates and then again from, from charging around three or four thousand dollars a wedding, which is pretty middle market America, to charging like eight or nine mm-hmm. or ten thousand dollars a wedding um, and and it was the wedding planners that are giving me those jobs you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. So you 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 proactively sought out this conference. Yeah.
1: it was a big investment to to attend the conference. It would cost me like four or five thousand dollars the first time. That's yeah, that's so not cheap. Fly. Yeah, yeah, not at all. So and I, I didn't know if there was going to be any return or what, and um, and it took a couple of times going. So I think I probably threw down about something like fifteen thousand or twenty thousand dollars before I got my first wedding out of it. Wow. But. I've i like 100 percent earned back all my money and and then no so, yeah yeah.
0: Over, yeah over the past ten years was there a moment where you just had a big win and you, it was kind of a, a pinch me moment where you're like wow this is this is gonna be really big.
1: Mm. I want to say it's this thirteen thousand dollar wedding. <laughs> <That's coming laughs> up. It's it's really it's really a big win for me. But my goal, so I always set goals every year. My goal for weddings is to book a $15,000 wedding. So I'm so close right now. Um, I really want, like for me, that means I've made it. I already know I've made it, but but for me that's like mm. beyond what I could have ever imagined five years ago when I moved to New York. And so once I hit that mark, I'll, I'll set a new goal. But, but so the pinch me moment was booking this $13,000 gig and being like, oh my God, I'm, I'm almost there. And this is huge. And I'm gonna deliver a great wedding. Um and it happened because of like networking <laughs> at this level and, and my friends and all of these things. So.
0: Mm-hmm. so yeah, speaking of networking, how do you spend your time networking today? Like where are you getting your leads from today?
1: Almost all my leads in, in this events world is coming from like planners and producers.
0: So so not,
1: not direct to the client, but there's like the middle person is like the planner who plans this conference and they know me and they and they know me from this other world. Uh so mm-hmm. so that's how all my leads are coming from. Uh and then as long as I'm doing them good, then they've got like twenty to thirty events a year that they're hosting and producing, you know?
0: Yeah, that's it's a really important thing, important step to when you find those gatekeepers, right? Because if you find the wedding planner, it's not just one wedding. It's if you if you knock it out of the park, it's many, many, many weddings. Yeah,
1: it's true. And I, I've collected like you know, I have like fifty to two hundred of these kinds of people in my in my phone. So so my, my networking involves like anytime I'm in any city that's that's near somebody, I'm always gonna be like seeing who I know in that city and, and visiting them at their house or taking them out to lunch or doing what I, you know, going to an event in the evening. But but all of my uh all of my business connections are also personal connections. Like I'm truly friends with all of these people.
0: Mm-hmm yeah I think that's that's totally true and, and super important yeah um, yeah that's awesome. what would you say the most if you had to say if you could point to one thing, what would you say the most important thing is that you've done that's taken your freelance business to the next level
1: i think I think the most important thing was um surrounding myself with uh, people like at this conference, but basically networking at a higher level has has truly shifted how i view myself how i view my work how i value my work because before i met these people i thought that like nine thousand dollars was was it was like the top level you know or six thousand dollars was like a luxury wedding but i didn't know and so when when i started surrounding myself with these people i remember having a conversation with a planner in atlanta georgia and this was like right when i started attending this conference and meeting people like this and she, I was asking her, like, oh, so what are your brides charge for weddings? And she's like, oh, they normally – or I mean, what, what do they pay for photographers? And she was like, oh, they normally start around 12000 and go up from there. And I was, like, so embarrassed and, and shocked because cause my highest price at that point was, like, $5,000. I couldn't even come to the table. So, so I went home and, and like, made yeah. a completely new pricing sheet that had, like, 12000 at the very tippy-tippy top um just just so i could like have a real conversation with her and and in doing that it it changed how i like valued myself it, changed, it was like a therapy session you know like i really was like oh like people aren't laughing at this price and people are taking me <laughs> yeah. seriously and they they like my work so i must be worth it you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah that make, that makes sense it it's really it's a funny thing just perception cuz it's it's you're doing the same thing right like no, nothing really changed
1: Yes, exactly. It's true. Nothing changed at all. I swear I'm taking the same type of pictures I was five years ago, but I'm, I'm able to charge like literally four times as much. Yeah,
0: that's crazy. Wow. So it sounds like you are able to live and support a really cool lifestyle because you you said you travel five to six times a year abroad, at least Um, you Airbnb out your apartment and make revenue from that you have an e commerce thing in the side. I'm assuming all of that boils down into this book you're writing. So can you tell us what the name of the book is and what the whole thesis is?
1: Sure. Um, the title of the book is How to Live an Epic Freelance Life. And this is something I've been working on for, I guess, a couple of years now. Um, but yeah, I feel like I've, I've sort of unlocked the secret that a lot of freelancers are trying to figure out, which is how to... Sort of live life on your own terms, make enough money to be comfortable and eat wherever you want and do whatever you want. And I, I've sort of I've been living that life for like at least five years, if not 10, in different capacities. Like right now, I've, I've been in the south of France for the past four days and I just made $1,300 off of Airbnb, literally doing nothing. My flight was paid for by my friends who wanted me to take pictures of them. So I've been like, free trip to France. I make $1,300. I actually have like a bunch of dresses from a fashion designer friend of mine who, who wanted me to take pictures for her in Paris at the end of my trip. So I'm going to make an extra thousand dollars taking pictures with a model out there. And that's my whole life is sort of, it feels like a dream when I say it out loud.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. And can you can you get us a sense of your life situation? Like how old you are? Do you have family? Oh, yeah, You're yeah. Single.
1: Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's what I'm describing is a little easier because I'm single without kids, but uh, I'm uh, 38 years old. I live in New York city and I'm single and just sort of building up my photo empire as best I can.
0: And it sounds like you're crushing it right now. That's, that's amazing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's doing good. I also, I mean, speaking of scaling business, Mm -hmm. uh, I I don't know if you're going to ask me this, but, I'll, I'll say well, one thing that's that's helped my business kind of grow even more this past year is that I started having um, some like apprentice photographers shoot underneath me. Like okay. like you described having an agency. I basically have like started converting into a photo agency. And so even wh- while I'm in Paris shooting fashion with my friends' dresses uh, on the streets of Paris, I have another photographer shooting decor like for a wedding for me in New York,
0: earning me an extra $500 while she's out there. Oh, nice. Um, and how many of those apprentices do you have? Uh,
1: I would say I have two main ones, but I have four if I really need it. Um, okay. So, and, and they're shooting for me almost once or twice a week. Uh, I, I, had, I don't know the numbers on that, but I think that they're going to bring in an extra like ten to $20,000 this year for me.
0: Wow yeah that's awesome so is the goal to to free up your time so that you can they can shoot more of the weddings and then you can yeah
1: it's a little bit of both I I honestly would rather shoot all my weddings but but I shoot a ton of events in New York you'd be Mm -hmm. surprised at how much stuff goes on there like on a random weekday like I just shot some or I had one of my photographers shoot for me like two weeks ago for General Electric they were having some like pop-up branded event where like customers could come in and try out their new like smart lights or whatever in their shop. And that was it. Some planner asked me if, if I could shoot it. I said, sure, let me send my girl over. I sent her there so I could go to my networking event that I wanted to go to and still not lose a client.
0: Cool. Um, all right. Well, we're coming up on time here. So I've got the final freelancer fave five questions that I ask everyone that I interview. So number one, and if, if you have this in front of you, I don't know if you do, but in terms of revenue, what was the best month or year that you've ever had?
1: Yeah, uh, my best month was actually in May, two months ago. I, I was calculating and I think I did like $20,000 worth of photography gigs, which was yeah. extraordinary. <laughs> that was like my first year, like my whole year, my first year of photography. So to do it in one month is like <laughs> a little surreal. Yeah,
0: that's so cool. That's awesome. All right. Number two, what's your favorite business book?
1: My favorite business, the book that changed my life was Four Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. The book that changed my money life was uh, I Will Teach You Mm -hmm. to Be Rich by Ramit um, Sethi. And I think the book that I resonate with most is Never Eat Alone.
0: Yep. That's awesome. That's a good way to break that down. The book that changed my life, the book that changed my financial life, and the book that I resonate the most with. I like that.
1: Yeah. So, anyways, th- those are my top three for sure. But, but I cool. will t- uh Four hour work week was probably the best one.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a popular one. All right, number three. What are your favorite tools that you use to grow your business?
1: Uh, th- this is tricky because I'm sure you're looking for like um, something like digital tools. But honestly, my greatest tools are networking events. I love going to networking events, and I treat them like going to parties. They're just fun. I don't really pass out business cards. I just like. And making friends with people and hanging out with people that I love and like. So I think my greatest tool is just going to network, awesome networking events in New York and, and around the world.
0: Great. Yeah, that's awesome. Alright, number four. What freelancer or micro-business owner are you currently following? I would say
1: Jeremy Redleaf. He's one of Jake's friends who who recommended me to you. And Jeremy's a friend of mine. He, he helped co-found okay. Cave Day, uh, which Jake was a part of, and he does these like awesome dinners called mystery dinners where nobody knows what anybody else does for a living, and they meet in a mysterious restaurant in New York. And he just does really cool projects, and I love seeing what he's up to. So Jeremy Redleaf.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll find him online and, and put a link in. That's he looks interesting. Um, all right, number five. If you could tell your younger self one thing, what would that be?
1: Uh, don't be afraid of money and double your pricing way sooner.
0: Awesome. Well, we heard it here first. Double your pricing many, 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 many times over the last years. That, yes. that's, that's pretty cool. Um, cool. If any of the listeners want to find out more about you or what you're up to, where do they go?
1: Um, I think the best place is probably on, well, anywhere online at philipvm. That's P-H-I-L-L-I-P-V as in Victor, and as in Nancy. Uh, that's my best Instagram account. That's my wedding website. That's sort of anything online. Philippian.
0: Okay, cool. And what about the book launch? Do you have a date for that yet? or Oh domain? man, I should, but I don't, which is probably why the project's taken a little while. Um, I, my, my goal by the end of this,
1: my goal by the end of this year is to have an agent. And so hopefully by the end of 2020 to have a book, uh, out in published, but we'll okay, see. Cool.
0: Yeah. Well, this yeah, this show will probably be released at the end of 2019 here in the fall, so cool. we'll, uh, we'll, re- we'll republish the show when the book's coming out. <laughs> okay, that's great. I appreciate that. <laughs> awesome. Phil, this was super cool. You seem awesome. You're having fun in France. I don't want to take up more of your time. This has been great.
1: Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate this.